Yes. This one goes out to Rick. <laughs> hey, Ashley. I am going to ask, how old, where were you in your life when you encountered this song? In what format? Because it's like 1994. Yeah, I was one. Um, <laughs> one year old. And I was singing it. Your mother had headphones on yeah. her belly when you were in the womb. No, my mom would not tolerate this. She was listening to Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. <gasps> great song no the my my association with the song is the workaholic there's a workaholics episode it's adam devine and like a couple other comedians they like work at a tech place but they fall in love with a cam girl (laughs) (laughs) in this one episode and so they get together and they're like you know what's gonna impress her when we get on the camera is if we learn like three-part harmony to lisa loeb's (laughs) stay and they do the like bone chilling it would impress me and i was actually just reflecting earlier today and you can witness this that Mm -hmm. i think because there's five men that play the phantom on broadway yeah the fact that they have not done a tiktok where they're singing backstreet boys and doing the backstreet boys dance it's disrespectful and we're disappointed it is let's really set the scene for the listeners yeah it's 11 24 yep and that's pacific time yeah Kara on the West Coast, baby. Kara's here in the studio. Isis is... So she loves Kara. And I know you guys wanted to know this. Um, My cat... Doesn't like everybody. No, obsessed... Yeah, does not like everybody. She's selective. Yep. She's... She kind of has a Patreon, like, with people. Kara made it to the Patreon immediately. She Mm -hmm. made it to the close friends immediately. I'm only in that sometimes. Uh, she's, She's miserable right now. Yeah, she loves me because she didn't know I was going to play, like, 30 hours of Aaron Tveit mm, mm-hmm. deep cuts on yes, YouTube. Yes. So she's actually mad at me now, but yeah. that's okay. So we had an incredibly just healing day full of good, like, solid, like, Portland activities. Yeah. We had a spa day. Mm-hmm. We hydrated. But then? But then we watched a few Phantom Boots, and now we're ready yeah. to... We said, what if we drink yeah. some cider? And then just listen to the Alexander Texier de Matos because we just do need to make it clear what we're listening to and what we're talking about. So, the yeah, tran- my friend was like, what do you mean translations of Phantom of the Opera? They didn't like run it through Google Translate, but like, wouldn't you just like translate each sentence kind of thing into English and then you just publish it? Right, mm. right, right. In theory, in theory, that's what should happen. But in the 1800s, translation was its own art. And so people were like, well, I'm going to translate this thing, but I'm also going to like not add things, but I'm going to like sculpt this thing into a thing that makes sense to the English people because it's the 1800s and like English people have a different sensibility than, you know, French people. And so I'm sure Demattos was like, well, I'm going to take this French thing and I'm going to sculpt it into a thing that would make sense for English people. Because you guys have a different culture and like blah, blah, blah. In doing so, he cut 100 pages of the story. And so now what we're reading is the David Coward version, mm-hmm. which is taking the, the original French version and then translated it with more of a modern 
sensibility about it where it's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to keep everything intact. Whereas mm-hmm. like Dematos was like, I'm going to get rid of some horny bits and I'm going to get rid of some it's, bullshit that doesn't matter. It about. does still slap and you're, yeah. you're about to find out. Now, the audio that you're hearing us react to, it's not Chris doing Lee. the work. I had the Christopher Lee audio pulled up. I did from the moment I found that thing. From the moment I first heard him speak, horrifying, bone chilling, delete it. I was like, this is fucking great, but why is it like, why is it as long as Avengers Endgame? Right. That's a really long length for a movie. Uh, not a long length for the book fan of the opera because right, a novel. it's, how long is this chapter? The whole book is, minutes. the whole book is like eight hours in my mm-hmm. yeah, Alexander so why, Texier de Why is Christopher Lee's version only three hours? They just like. They okay, so I listened to enough to be like, Oh, you are once again getting the major story beats. Christine and Raul sound like absolute nimrods, like no thoughts, which is just that's my issue with the Alexander Texier de Matos version. You're getting the beats, Christine is still great. Raul, I honestly think he's still making points, but they just it makes it sound like they have no introspection, and that's not the case. Mm I did one time just run it through Google Translate and start screaming on Phantom yeah. of the Upper Dark Web mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what the fuck, what the fuck. But anyway, uh, Kara's here. I am. Would you say you're in a liminal space? Because you saw Phantom last weekend and you'll see the the end of Phantom next weekend. And right now you're here. Right. I'm in a, I am in a liminal space. Yeah, because yeah, I saw Phantom last weekend and I'm going to see Phantom this coming weekend right. and this is the weekend i'm not seeing phantom yeah which unfortunately understudies have been on which has made me upset but that's okay yeah no and when we sing out when we say unfortunately it's unfortunate for us that we are not there it's yeah. very fortunate for the audiences because the understudies be amazing yeah some people get weird about understudies understudies are great i would say phantom new york specifically has a very deep bench of understudies and i don't know yes. what you and know they're all amazing i don't know what sports is but i know the right. phrase deep bench is applicable Ooh, to like okay. a basketball perhaps it's mm, it's could be. actually no 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 one time i did i i I was into the Women's World Cup team, sure, sure, and sure, sure, sure. so there was a bunch of players that, because I knew them from watching the Portland Thorns, I was like, why is she not in the game? And horrifying. We do that with the Phantom of the yeah. Opera. Oh, we do. Kara has somewhat of a place to do that since she lives in New York and can go see them. Yes. I'm just in Oregon drinking hard cider mm-hmm. being like, why isn't Ted Keegan famous? Right. Anyway. But we're coastal elites. <laughs> Talking about Phantom, and we're on the West Coast, the best coast, and um, here we go. Yeah. Let's get into it. So this is chapter 13. We're just going to live react, Yeah, and I'm sorry to the people who are listening to this. Sorry to everybody. Yeah. So it's it's not Christopher Lee, because yes, listen to that for a good time, but not to pick up anything other than the major plot. Welcome to the pod, BJ Harrison. I have said before, if you're going to pay for an abridged version audiobook, this is a good one. Here we go. Chapter 12, Apollo's Liar. Mm. Player and a liar. Too. On this way, <laughs> they reached the roof. Christine Hi. tripped over it as lightly as a swallow. Their eyes swept the empty space between the three domes and the triangular pediment. She breathed freely over Paris, the whole valley of which was seen at work below. She called Raoul to come quite close to her and they walked side by side along the zinc streets in the leaden avenues. 
they looked at their twin shapes in the huge tanks full of stagnant water where in the hot weather the little boys of the ballet a score or so learn to swim and dive the shadow had followed behind them clinging to their steps and the two children little suspected its presence when they at last sat down trustingly under the mighty protection of apollo who with a great bronze gesture lifted his huge lyre to the heart of a crimson sky okay <laughs> pausing to say that basically all of that was cut out of the christopher lee version i oh. will try not to do this because i didn't get That's that far ridiculous. in yeah, yeah but like all the nice like setting the scene is gone yeah. so that's yeah. why we're here who is is apollo the god of apollo is the god of when tom hanks makes a space movie Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Also the god of okay. prophecy according to Tumblr. Okay. Oof. And and Tumblr is it knows things. Yeah. We have had the alcohol. No, mm -hmm. okay. And we did say this would be only forty five minutes because that's how long the chapter is. The god of music, it. baby. You know flips chair. You know who else is the god of music? Eric. Rick. Yeah. Brady. God of um archery, music, dance, truth, prophecy, healing, disease. Sun, light, poetry, and more. It sounds like <laughs> he's multitasking, which if you look that up, it actually, like, the internet will tell you that's less productive. Ooh, also the god of protection of the young, and it's interesting that he's calling them oh my children. God. The protection of Apollo's life. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're going to crack this shit wide open. It was a gorgeous spring evening. Clouds, which had just received their gossamer robe of gold and purple from the setting sun, oh. drifted slowly by. And Christine said to Raoul, Soon we shall go farther and faster than the clouds to the end of the world, and then you will leave me, Raoul. But if, when the moment comes for you to take me away, I refuse to go with you, well, you must carry me off by force. <gasps> Are you afraid <laughs> that you will change your mind, Christine? I don't know, she said, shaking her head in an odd fashion. He is a demon. And she shivered and nestled in his arms with a moan. I'm afraid now of going back to live with him in the ground. What compels you to go back, Christine? If I do not go back to him, terrible misfortunes may happen. Kara's losing it. I can't do it. I can't do it. What do you mean? What do you mean? Um, I'm losing my mind. Continue. Oh, no. What What are you? No, I'm just... Wow. Going. We're going down into the ground. Also, yeah. he's a demon. And... Also, take me by force? Huh? So, okay, minor spoiler. It is made much more clear in uh, David Coward that she's cool, cool, like, cool. he did say, I'm going to get you away from it. Even if like, yeah. even if I never tap this, I will get you away from it because that's more important. On, oh. Okay. Heartbreaking team. Raul might be an ally. We don't. No, we'll honestly, this book is making me more and more team Raul. And I think. I think it's funny how. Yeah. But yeah, so it's more clear that she, when he said that, she was like, okay, hmm, can we really do this? Can you carry me away? And Raul said, let's go kill this son of a bitch. Dun, dun, dun. dun. She's like, yes, you're going to abduct me. But it just, it kind of comes out of nowhere here, but it's made more apparent. I know one ought to be sorry for people who live <laughs> underground, but he is too hard. <laughs> sorry. And yet the time is at hand. I have only a day left, and if I do not go, he will come and fetch me with his voice, <laughs> and he will drag me with him. 
underground and go on his knees before me with his death's head and he will tell me that he loves me and he will cry. I'm not glad it happened to you. It should have happened to me. Are you kidding me? On his knees? All right. All right, baby. Even in the abridged, I know you should feel sorry for people that live underground, but he's too horrible. A spicy bitch. I love it. Also, what do you mean? But she's I should feel sorry for people who live. Under- <laughs> Are there a lot of people who live underground? I don't know. What are you talking about? Famously, <laughs> in Yeston Copet, Eric, oh, yes. he has a staff. They fill out W twos. That um, is true. And also, building. we do know from earlier in the book. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. No, this is not a scholarly. There's all pod. these people yeah. at the Paris Opera. Yes. Um, this is crazy. And also, sorry, Christine. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> sorry. Oh, those tears, Raoul. Those tears and the two black eye sockets of the death's head. I cannot see those tears flow again. She wrung her hands in anguish Mm -hmm. while Raoul pressed her to his heart. No, no. So he's taller. You shall never again hear him tell you that he loves you. You shall not see his tears. Let us fly, Christine. Let us fly at once. And he tried to drag her away then and there, but she stopped him. No, no, she said, shaking her head sadly. Not now. It would be too cruel. Let him hear me sing tomorrow evening, and then we will go away. You must come. She said, till I hear you sing. You guys always have to keep your eyes open for Love Never Dies. Yeah. Because as a Meg Eric fan, right, you gotta keep the eyeballs open. And she said, I'm gonna sing one more time, and then I'll leave. And you know what happens in Love Never Dies, the worst sequel ever? that and it doesn't go great so well okay but alien alien covenant was bad too and um i just need to feel seen no (laughs) but okay keeping in mind this is the version that all the adaptations sprung from so when we get to this other shit i'm just so excited (gasps) oh i'm excited and fetch me in my dressing room at midnight exactly (laughs) he will be there he will then be waiting for me in the dining room by the lake you shall be free, and you shall take me away. You must promise me that, Raoul, even if I refuse. But I feel that if I go back this time, I mm. shall perhaps never return. We knew this. Yeah. And she gave a sigh, to which it seemed to her that another sigh behind her replied. He's there. Didn't you hear? Yes, bitch. Her teeth chattered. No. Growl, growl, girl. I heard nothing. It is too terrible, she confessed to be always trembling like this. And yet we run no danger here. We are at home, in the sky, Bestie. in the open air, in the light. Girl. The sun is flaming. The night birds cannot bear to look at the sun. I have never seen him by daylight. <gasps> it must be awful. Oh. Oh. oh, the first time I saw him, I thought that he was going to die. Yeah. Why? asked Raoul, really so frightened of the aspect which this strange confidence was taking. <laughs> Because I had seen him. Him. This time Raoul and Christine turned round at the same time. There is someone in pain, said Raoul. Perhaps. <laughs> BSG fans out there, I'm so sorry, Carrot. There's like a really non subtle scene where like someone who's married is like hooking up with someone in a different room and they knock over a glass and someone in a different part of the house goes, Something is broken. And that's what. So she was What's like, BSG? oh, sorry, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. 
no i'm sorry but also alcohol but it's so fucking funny that she's like i thought he was gonna die because i had seen him <laughs> rick screams because it's it's spoiler you guys it's right and then roll there is someone in pain <laughs> play the benny hill music oh man but also like i feel for rick because like have we not looked like death today <laughs> in this moment makeup off <laughs> someone has been hurt did you hear can't say. Girly. Christine confessed. Even when he is not there, my eyes are full of his sighs. Same. Still. It's us. If you exactly. heard. They stood up and looked around them. They were quite alone on the immense lead roof. Leo point out Jason. sat down again, and Raoul said, Tell me how you saw him first. Oh. But, I had heard him for three months yeah. without seeing. Again, we're back with the homoeroticism. Mm. He's like, tell me everything from the beginning. Because he's like, hold on, like this sexy man. Let's get <laughs> let's get the whole story. He's Raul, saying, tell me the fan fiction. This is so funny. No, Raul has been uh thinking a lot about how fine this man is. He's only he's... been thinking about them. The first time I heard it, I thought as you did, that an adorable voice was singing in another room. Weird. I went out. Weird and looked disorder. everywhere. But as you know, Raoul, my dressing room is very much by itself. Mm. And I could not find the voice outside my room. Whereas it went on steadily inside. And it not only sang, but it spoke to me and answered my questions. Mm. Like a real man's voice. Like as this Jeeves. difference, <laughs> that it was as beautiful <laughs> as the voice of an angel. Um, I had never got the angel of music an whom my poor father had promised to send me as soon as he was dead. I really think should we drink every time it says angel no we get blood no, alcohol we, poisoning we're already yeah so okay is rick is just watching her run around look for a voice rick um for three months not supporting women right he does just start like speaking to her and singing to her from behind a mirror and watch her be like what the fuck where is this yeah. coming from the asking the questions is annoying because it's like oh her like <laughs> this is google he's google now rick um, wasn't at the Women's March, so... <laughs> that Mama Valerius was a little bit to blame. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Run it back. I find the voice outside my room. Okay. Whereas it went on steadily inside. <laughs> and it not only sang, but it spoke to me and answered my questions. And it's other people's Like a real fault. man's voice. With this difference, that it was as beautiful as the voice of an angel. Rick Doobie. I had never got the angel of music whom my poor father had promised to send me as soon as he was dead. Mm -hmm. But she also did because she's like slaying. Like the angel of music is the sleigh we learned along the way. Well, but you know, so no, but she's like metaphorically. At the, but this is the time when she was still a flop. Oh, that is true. Okay. So she's, she's been a flop. But she was not a flop before her father died. No, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone unsubscribes. <laughs> we might have to put this fight a Is paywall. she a flop? No, so she was... Is she slayed? No, she... <laughs> and we're allowed to use all of these words. Yes. No, so she was... She's... Everyone was like, oh my God, the potential. And then her father died and she was super depressed. Mm -hmm. But she was like the person who's on Broadway despite the fact that we're like, they're fucking phoning it in. I can think of literally no examples of that. But... Mm -hmm. She has enough, like, base talent that she's in the school and somehow manages to get hired at the Paris Opera, yeah. despite the fact that there's probably, like, really good understudies. But mm -hmm. 
she's she's in the chorus anyway but so like her voice is lifeless and what did meg said she sang like a something derogatory Mm -hmm. i really think that mama valerius was a little bit to blame where was she? i told her about it and she at once said it must be the angel Mm. at any rate you can do no harm by asking him sorry bestie what (laughs) what do you mean it's the essential oils no, so poor Christine comes home and is like, I'm hearing a voice. I'm going crazy. Right. She's like, I am losing it. Goes home, tells her guardian about it. And Mama Valerius has been like the me, like sitting by the mailbox in the chair waiting for the <laughs> angel of music. She's like, it's the package we've been expecting. What do you mean the angel? Girl. Mm-mm. So to give Christine credit, her first thought upon hearing Rick was not, oh, it's from my dad. No. She was like, I, I have to go to the sea for my health. I, the I have adult, to go to- the legal guardian was like, it's your dad's angel. I did so. And the man's voice replied that, yes, it was the angel's voice. No, I'm, okay, so sorry. So she- He says, yes, yes, it's the angel? Yeah. But she heard a voice and was like, Jesus, I'm hearing voices. Mama Valerius was like, I think it's probably the angel sent from your father. Why don't you go and ask him? She did. And this fucking guy, Rick, was like, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, actually. Uh-huh. <sighs> what a tingle. The voice which I was expecting and which my father had promised me. Amazon Prime. From that time onward, the voice and I became great friends. Aww. It asked leave to give me lessons every day. Mm. I agreed and never failed to keep the appointment which it gave me in my dressing room. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, though you have heard the voice, of what those lessons were like. They read Saddle Club. No, I have no idea, said Raoul. What was your accompaniment? You were accompanied by a music which I do not know. It was behind the wall and wonderfully accurate. Dubstep? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, yeah, that synth going. I don't know what music, girl. I... The voice seemed to understand mine exactly, to know precisely where my father had left off teaching me. In a few weeks' time, Ugh. I hardly knew myself when I sang. I was even frightened. Ooh. I seemed to dread a sort of witchcraft behind it. Ooh. But Mama Valerius reassured me. No. She said that she knew I was much too simple a girl to give the devil a hold on me. I hate it. What? <laughs> what do you mean? What? She said, you're too dumb to be the devil? Like, tempted okay. by the devil? So from having read two other translations, I think it came across, mm. it was something like, no, you're too pure of spirit. Okay, first of all, okay. girl, what? Do, I don't know what simple meant at that time, but it does come across as like, no, you're too fucking stupid for the devil to mess with you. Devastating. If someone said that, just take me out. By the voice's own order. Mm. was kept a secret between the voice, Mama Valerius, and myself. It was a curious thing. But outside the dressing room, I sang with my ordinary, everyday voice, and nobody noticed anything. I did all that the voice asked. It said, Wait and see. We shall astonish Paris. And I waited, and lived on in a sort of ecstatic dream. It was then that I saw you for the first time one evening in the house. I was so glad that I never thought of concealing my delight when I reached my dressing room. Unfortunately, the voice was there before me, and soon noticed, by my air, that Mm. something had happened. Mm. It asked what was the matter, 
and I saw no reason for keeping our story secret or concealing the place which you filled in my heart. And the voice was silent. No, don't tell him. It, no, she was so fucking psyched to see Raoul that she started talking to her magic mirror about it. Once upon a time, a you. I called to it, but it did not reply. Ugh. I begged and entreated, but in vain. This bitch. I was terrified lest it had gone for good. Rick, not her. I wish to heaven it had, dear. That night, I went home in a desperate condition. I told Mama Valerius, who said, I, of course, the voice is jealous. <sighs> and that, dear, first revealed to me that I loved you. I'm sorry, are we doing a wellness check on Valerius? Because is she, like, leaving the oven on? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Because I have concerns. She's not a responsible guardian. It is so, even in this version, it is unfortunately valid that Raul was like, who's flying the plane? Who? So do they think that Rick is Christ? Because like, her father said, when I am in heaven, child, right. I will send you the angel of music. Right. And Mama Valerius was like, it's him and Christine. Like, all right. Like, it can't be the devil. You're too much of a dingbat. So it's got to be uh, from God. But also jealous, because that makes sense. Christine stopped and laid her hand on Raoul's shoulder. Oh, same. They sat like that for a moment, in silence. And they did not see, did not perceive the movement. And a few steps from them, of the creeping shadow of two great black wings. He's behind you! The shadow that came along the roof so near, so near them. Wings? That it could have stifled them by closing over them. Big dramatic cake. The next day... Mm. Christine continued with a sigh. I went back to my dressing room in a very pensive frame of mind. Mm -hmm. The voice was there, spoke to me with great sadness, and told me plainly that if I must bestow my heart on earth, there was nothing for the voice to do but to go back to heaven. And it said this with such an accent of human sorrow that I ought then and there to have suspected and begun to believe that I was the victim of my deluded senses. But my faith in the voice, with which the memory of my father was so closely intermingled, <laughs> remained undisturbed. I'm sorry, this bitch knows it's a guy. Because, remember, did we not go out onto the moors? Mm -hmm. In the graveyard? No, but we so, didn't go to the sea? Okay, but it's that thing of when you're <laughs> just really trying to let it rock and you're like, okay, right. it's a red flag. What's the DW mean? Mm -hmm. Lucky for me, I can't read. Lucky yeah. for me, I'm colorblind. Here's the thing. Christine is not an idiot. The vibes were off. Her flop guardian was like, this is fine, dot JPEG. Yeah. And I ought to have known right then and there. But... I feared nothing, so much as that I might never hear it again. I had thought about my love for you and realized all the useless danger of it. Mm. And mm. I did not even know if you remembered me. Whatever happened, your position in society forbade me to contemplate the possibility of ever marrying you. And that's, life. that's fan fiction, baby. If I had a dollar every time I read a We Can't Be Together Because You're Too Rich fan fiction with Raoul and Christine, I would have $4 billion. But also, I mean, kind of from whatever research we've done, it's legit. These rich bros, the bros, yes. were not at the opera to wife these right. broads. Right. So... Right. Well, and even Philippe's not wifing his broad. Yeah, yeah. And I swore to the voice that you were no more than a brother to me, uh, nor ever would be. 
and that my heart was incapable of any earthly love. Why is this here? And that, dear, is why I refused to recognize or see you when I met you on the stage or in the passages. Meanwhile, the hours during which the voice taught me were spent in a divine frenzy, until at last the voice said to me, You can now, Christine oh. Daae, oh. give to men a little of the music of heaven. I don't know how it was that Carlotta did not come to the theater that night, Girl, don't nor you? why I was called upon to sing in her stead. But I sang with a rapture I had never known before, and I felt for a moment as if my soul were leaving my body. Oh, Christine, said Raoul, my heart quivered that night at every accent of your voice. I saw the tears stream down your cheeks, and I wept with you. How could you sing? Sing like that yeah. while crying? Not about you. I felt myself fainting, said Christine. I closed my eyes. When I opened them, you were by my side. But the voice was there also, Raoul. And I, I was afraid for your sake. And again, I would not recognize you. And begun. Sorry. Uh, and you not so hard. <laughs> you faint. <laughs> Isis is, is oppressing us. Yeah, no. Isis jumped on the bed and started walking in between the equipment and. Um, uncapped beverage Sorry. glasses, which is cool. I'm holding Sorry. her to me. She hates Rick. She hates it. Mm. Are you a Raoul stand? Are you in the Raoul Navy? For sure. This is the content. And to laugh when you reminded me that you had picked up my scarf in the sea. Alas, there was no deceiving the voice. The voice recognized you, and the voice was jealous. Oop. And it said that if I did not love you, I would not avoid you, but treat you like any other old friend. It made me scene upon scene. At last I said to my voice, that will do. I'm going to Perot tomorrow to pray upon my father's grave, and I shall ask Monsieur Raoul de Chagny to go with me. Oh. Do as you please, no. replied the voice. But I shall be at Perot too. No. Oh. I am wherever you are, Christine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, don't I'm sit so on the computer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's miserable. She fled. She's glaring at us. She's so mad. Um... Mad. And that's just how we are. Like, this is the abridged version wow. of screaming. <laughs> that's crazy. No. So, he's, so that's how he knew that Raoul was coming. Completely forgot that she was like, he's just a friend. And the, the voice was like, prove it then. Um, and that's what the graveyard was all about. Yeah. Let's run it back because we were screaming and yeah. Isis was uh, hating it. Voice was jealous. Mm. Mm. And it said that if I did jealous. not love you, I would not Nick avoid jealous. you but treat you like any other old friend. It made me scene upon scene. At last I said to my voice, that will do. Sure, I'm okay. going to Perot tomorrow to pray upon my father's grave and I shall ask Monsieur Raoul de Chagny to go with me. <laughs> do as you please. Oh, God damn the voice. It. But I shall be at Perot too. For I am wherever you are, Christine. <laughs> and if you are still worthy of me, <laughs> if you have not lied to me, I will play you the resurrection of Lazarus on the stroke of midnight on your father's tomb and on your father's violin. What? Did he fucking dig this shit up? <gasps> stroke of midnight. It is horny. And I'm sorry. Like, this, he's the worst. He's awful. He's awful. He's a ghoul. 
who is if you are still worthy of me now bitch excuse me is rick he, is the bitch is rick in the lair taking a cosmopolitan quiz it's like is, <laughs> she, is she worth you and he's answering mostly a's even though he's mostly c and it's like mostly a's no she's not worth it you should break up with her <laughs> Like, what is this? Like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, come on. We hate it. It's garbage. It's trash behavior. But also we're screaming and I'm I'm physically reclining. I can't believe. Also, I didn't expect to get the graveyard reveal. I just, reveal. I, I didn't think we were going to get like an explanation from what the fuck that was. But I'm fascinated. Also, I like her. She's like, I'm bringing Rao with me. And then like she left the worst Facebook event invite. <laughs> And like he didn't even get it, and then he missed the train, and then he was like, "I hope Christine wants me to be here." And she's like, "Of course I wanted you to be here." But it like then she got weird at the hotel, so like that's bullshit. He, so this yeah, is crazy. Raul was like, "She is on a weekend trip, fucking that man, like mm-hmm. um, Lady Mary in the one season of Downton." And she's like, "This bitch voluntold me yeah. that he was." He's like, "If you're a good girl, I'm going to well, dig up your father." <laughs> That's crazy. As a, I'm gonna dig up your father as a treat. <laughs> as a treat. Only if you deserve it. This, this man is <laughs> I'm I hope I hope, gentle <laughs> listeners, that you enjoy uh live footage of us being thrown out of the fandom also like DJ Jazzy Jeff. No, but also <laughs> this might depend on translation. I don't know if it was actually her father's violin, but at the time they both sure thought it was. Yeah. Rick, what are we doing? I hope he like ordered like a violin on Amazon and lied. Yeah. <laughs> Rick lying. Let's explore that. Mm. That, dear, was how I came to write you the letter that brought you to Perot. Right, when she was like, I'm free on Thursday. I have so beguiled. How was it when I saw the personal, the selfish point of view of the voice? that I did not suspect some imposter. Alas, I was no longer what? mistress of myself. I had become this thing. But after all, cried Raoul, you soon came to know the truth. Why did you not at once rid yourself of that abominable nightmare? Because it's complicated. Know the truth, Raoul? He's like, yeah. Rid myself of that nightmare? Notes. Yeah. But, my poor boy, He's debating. I was not caught in the nightmare until the day when I learned the truth. Pity me, Raoul. Pity me. You remember the terrible evening when Carlotta thought that she had been turned into a toad on the stage? Yes, when the house was suddenly plunged in darkness through the chandelier crashing to the floor? There were killed and wounded that night, and the whole (laughs) theatre rang with terrified screams. My first thought was for you and the voice. I was at once easy where you were concerned. I had seen you in your brother's box, and I knew that you were not in danger. The voice? I'm sorry, she saw this man so hungover. <laughs> he was the kid. He was fucking Will Byers from Stranger Things. And she was like, oh, you're good. He... Why did she feel for the voice? What? We'll see. But. Sid told me that it would be at a performance, and I was really afraid of it. Just as if it had been an ordinary person who was capable of dying. Well, it is. I thought to myself, the chandelier may have come down upon the voice. What? <laughs> I was then on the stage, and I was nearly running into the house to look for the voice among the killed and wounded. Oh, is she dumb dumb? It, okay, this version's not as nice. It, no. It, what the she's, fuck? She's doing her best. Oh my god. <sighs> oh Live man. 
slug update. We've hydrated. Um, we're just like Rick. Sheet mask corner. <laughs> I wear the. I like to put one on every night. Damn me for a minute. But yeah, um, every time I see Kara, I make her engage in uh, sheet, sheet masks mask. with me. And this can make our voices sound weirder. Maybe we will let Rick speak. Who can say? <laughs> Watching someone put one on is very funny. <laughs> Speak to us, King. I'm going to run it back 30 seconds just to really, like, ground us. Mm -hmm. The voice. I was at once easy where you were concerned. Mm -hmm. For I had Everybody seen you in your easy. brother's box, and I knew that you were not in danger. Dying in your brother's box? The voice box. had told me that it would be at a performance, mm -hmm. and I was really afraid of it. What just as if it had been an ordinary person who was capable of dying. Just as if. I thought to myself, That would be crazy. The chandelier may have come <laughs> down upon the voice. He got it. What? I was then so on the funny. stage, and I was nearly running into the house to look for the voice among the killed and wounded, mm -hmm. when I thought that if the voice was safe, it would be sure to be in my dressing room, okay. and I rushed to the room. The voice was not there. Mm -hmm. I locked my door, and with tears in my eyes, besought it, if it were still alive, to manifest itself to me. Manifest. Mm -hmm. The voice did not reply, but suddenly I heard a long, beautiful wail. <laughs> which I knew well. It was the plaint of Lazarus when, at the sound of the Redeemer's voice, he begins to open his eyes and see the light of day. It was the music which you and I, Raoul, heard at Perot. And then the voice began to sing the leading phrase, Come and believe in me. Whoso believes in me shall live. Walk. You know who else? <laughs> me tonight tonight it's the smashing pumpkins it's the smashing pumpkins it's also giving christian rock it's giving hill song <laughs> like this oh man is he's comparing himself to christ no but also she's like are you okay are you okay ghost ghost writer please let me know you're okay right and he starts singing a show tune yep whoso hath believed in me shall never die <laughs> All right. I cannot tell you the effect which that music had upon me. Billy Corgan. It seemed yeah. to command me personally <laughs> to come, to stand up and to come. come to it. Yeah. It retreated, and I followed. Uh, huh. Come, and believe in me. Rick. I believed in it. I came. <laughs> yeah. I came, and this was the extraordinary we thing. We know, babe. <laughs> My dressing room, as I moved, seemed to lengthen out. Mm -hmm. to lengthen out <laughs> yeah evidently it must have been an effect of mirrors sure for i had a mirror in front of me mm -hmm. and suddenly i was outside the room without knowing how okay. what without knowing how christine, okay Raul, girl you christine didn't know you must really stop dreaming you saw okay. what happened and you're like what is happening this is That's a bullshit. this is a very legitimate point to yell at raul but okay mm -hmm. i was not dreaming dear I was outside my room without knowing how. Mm -hmm. yeah. You, who saw me disappear from my room one evening, may be able to explain it, but I cannot. Bestie. I can only tell yeah. you that suddenly there was no mirror before me and no dressing room. Mm -hmm. I was in a dark passage. Mm -mm, I was frightened and I cried out. It was quite dark, but for a faint red glimmer at a distant corner of the wall, mm -hmm. I cried out. My voice was the only sound. For the singing and the violin had stopped, and suddenly a hand was laid on mine. Oh. Or rather a stone-cold, bony thing That's that right. seized my wrist and did not let me go. Cool. I cried out again. An arm took me round the waist and supported <gasps> me. I struggled for a little while and then gave up the attempt. 
I was dragged toward the little red light, and then I saw that I was in the hands of a man, wrapped in a large cloak and wearing a mask that hid his whole face. Mm -hmm. That's right. I made one last effort. My limbs stiffened, my mouth opened to scream, but a hand closed on it. A hand which I felt on my lips, on my skin. A hand that smelt of death. And I fainted away. Vibe check the song, the title song of Fam of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Cool vibes. Would you say it's like a lot like this? No. <laughs> um. So she's not having a great time. <laughs> no. Sometimes you just like vice grip, grab a woman, and then suffocate her until she passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just rip things. Mm-hmm. When I opened my eyes, we were still surrounded by darkness. Ooh. A lantern. Standing on the ground showed a bubbling well. The water splashing from the well disappeared almost at once under the floor on which I was lying, with my head on the knee of the man in the black cloak and the black mask. He was bathing my temples, and his hands smelt of death. Damn, stop. She's not into it. I pushed them away and asked, Who are you? Where is the voice? His only answer was a sigh. Suddenly, a hot breath passed over my face, and I perceived a white shape beside the man's black shape in the darkness. The black shape lifted me onto the white shape. A glad neighing greeted my astounded ears. What? And I murmured, Caesar. The animal quivered. (laughs) Raoul, I was lying half back on a saddle, and I had recognized the white horse out of the prophet, which I had so often fed with sugar and sweets. I remembered that one evening, there was a rumor in the theater that the horse had disappeared and that it had been stolen by the opera ghost. Schrodinger's, <laughs> Chekhov's, Chekhov's stolen horse. First of all, great. Second of all, horse girl Christine. Mm-hmm. Canon. She's like, I have fed this animal She's like so many times. It's actually my best friend in the workplace. Oh, much like Isis. She's my best friend. She's like, don't fuck me. I believed in the voice, but I had never believed in the ghost. Mm. Now, however, I began to wonder, with a shiver, whether I was the ghost's prisoner. Yeah. I called upon the voice to help me, for I should never have imagined that the voice and the ghost were one. You have heard about the opera ghost, have you not, Raoul? Yes. But tell me what happened when you were on the white horse of the prophet. He said stay on track. I made no movement and let myself go. The black shape held me up and I made no effort to escape. A curious feeling of peacefulness came over me, and I thought that I must be under the influence of some cordial. I had the full command of my senses, and my eyes became used to the darkness, which was lit here and there by fitful gleams. I calculated that we were in a narrow, circular gallery, probably running all round the opera, which is immense underground. I had once been down into those cellars, so to be clear, uh, we love the show. We write Rick. We we like Rick enough that we call him Rick. He's drugged her, but like an absolutely terrifying kind of drug where she completely knows what's going on, just can't fucking move. Mm. Now Rick. Is, when did she have cordial? I think it's a lost in translation thing, but okay. it's not great, Rick. Mm, not great. But it stopped at the third floor, though there were two lower still large enough to hold a town. But the figures of which I caught sight had made me run away. Mm. 
There are demons down there, quite black, standing in front of boilers, and they wield shovels and pitchforks and poke up fires and stir up flames, and if you come too near them, they frighten you by suddenly opening the red mouths of their furnaces. She's afraid of people now, with jobs, but okay. While Caesar was uh -huh. quietly carrying me on his back, I saw those black demons in the distance, looking quite small in front of the red fires of their furnaces. They came into sight, disappeared, and then came into sight again as we went on our winding way. At last they disappeared altogether. The shape was still holding me up, and Caesar walked on, unled and sure-footed. But not a supportive king. I cannot tell you, even approximately, how long this ride lasted. Mm -hmm. I only know that we seemed to turn and turn and often went down a spiral stair into the very heart of the earth. Even then, it may be that my head was turning, but I don't think so. No, my mind was quite clear. At last, Caesar raised his nostrils, huh? sniffed the air, and quickened his pace a little. Mm. I felt a moistness in the air, and Caesar stopped. The darkness had lifted. A sort of bluey light surrounded us. We were on the edge of a lake, mm -hmm. whose leaden waters stretched into the distance, into the darkness. But the blue light lit up the bank, and I saw a little boat fastened to an iron ring on the wharf. A boat? <laughs> yes. But I knew all that existed, and that there was nothing supernatural about that underground lake and boat. But think of the exceptional conditions in which I arrived upon that shore. I don't know whether the effects of the cordial had worn off when the man's shape lifted me into the boat, but my terror began all over again. Yeah. My gruesome escort must have noticed it, for he sent Caesar back, and I heard his hoofs trampling up a staircase while the man jumped into what? the boat, untied the rope that held it, and seized the oars. He rowed with a quick, powerful stroke, and his eyes, uh, under the mask, never left me. How did oh, was powerful? He slipped across the noiseless water in the bluey light, which I told you of. Then we were in the dark again, and we touched shore. Mm. And I was suddenly once more taken up in the man's arms. I cried aloud, mm -hmm. and then suddenly I was silent, dazed by the light. Yes, a dazzling light, in the midst of which I had been put down. I sprang to my feet. I was in the middle of a drawing room that seemed to me to be decorated, adorned, and furnished with nothing but flowers. Flowers, both magnificent and stupid, because of the silk ribbons that tied them to baskets, like those which they sell in the shops on the boulevards. He said bitches love flowers. He said bitches love flowers. <laughs> he said, I don't, I can't get into more detail than that. So I'm going to just go to the store and I'm going to buy all the flowers. But yeah, Ooh. once again, uh, Fascinating. We, we sure love the title song. The thing about that is that she is just, uh, she's hyperactive after the show ended and she was getting ready to go to Denny's, mm -hmm. but she is right, right, right. conscious and singing excitedly. Yes. Shout, to, shout out to Ken Hill for reading this book and being like, yeah, this could be horny. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber going to the Ken Hill version of Phantom and being like, all right, I can make this hornier. Because this is not that horny. And this is the thing. Aspects of the story are horny, but she's so terrified. And different versions of things can exist. Mm -hmm. I love a comic book, but yeah. They were much too civilized flowers, like those which I used to find in my dressing room after a first night. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all these flowers... 
stood the black shape of the man in the mask with arms crossed and he said don't be afraid christine no you are in no danger okay bestie <laughs> it was the voice my anger equaled my amazement i rushed at the mask and tried to snatch it away mm. so as to see the face of the voice the man said you are in no danger so long as you do not touch the mask mm. and taking me gently by the wrists he forced me into a chair and then went down on his knees before me and said nothing more his humility gave me back some of my courage and the light restored me to the realities of life however extraordinary the adventure might be i was now surrounded by mortal visible tangible things the furniture the hangings the can she said rick went to tj Maxx <laughs> and furnished the home and that gave me solace no i love it she's like i'm am i losing it did i die what's happening there's no, knickknacks i know where these flowers are from and, and this is what's wrong with us we're like he's wrong for all of this unfortunately horny that he put her in the boat and stared at her like a fucking weirdo the whole time and then why is he standing in the middle of the room with his arms crossed right. that's normal that's creepy and then immediately she's like bitch who is you and right. he's like let me get on my knees we don't have a problem as long as you don't touch this and i don't know if he was trying to do a biblical allegory to don't eat any fruit except the fruit from the tree of knowledge probably not but here's the thing i've also worked at a preschool if you tell someone not to do one yeah. thing you had one job as a joke because no one can ever do the one job mm -hmm. anyway uh she there it's ikea those the vases and the very flowers in their baskets of which i could almost have told whence they came and what they cost you could were bound to confine my imagination to the limits of a drawing room quite as commonplace as any that at least had the excuse of not being in the cellars of the opera mm -hmm. i had no doubt to do with so. a terrible eccentric person who mm. in some mysterious fashion had succeeded in taking up his abode there under the opera house Weird. five stories below the level of the ground uh -huh. and the voice the voice which i had recognized under the mask was on its knees before me uh. was a man i began to cry she's everything he's just ken yup hated her the man still kneeling must have understood the cause of my tears yeah. for he said it is true christine i am not an angel nor a genius or a ghost i am eric wow he said it christine's narrative was again interrupted <laughs> an echo behind them seemed to repeat the word after her Eric. No. What echo? They both turned round and saw that night had fallen. We're just barking. Raoul made a movement as though to rise, but Christine kept him beside her. Don't go, she said. I want you to know everything here. Yeah. But why here, Christine? I'm afraid you are catching cold. We have nothing to fear except the trap doors, dear. And here we are miles away from the trap doors. And I am not allowed to see you outside the theater. It is not the time to annoy him. Well, must not arouse his suspicion christine christine something tells me that we are wrong to wait till tomorrow evening and that we ought to fly at once yeah i tell you You're right that if he does not hear me sing tomorrow but it mm. will cause him infinite pain who cares 
It is difficult not to cause him pain and yet to escape from him for good. Right. Okay. All right in that row. But certainly he will die of my flight. Okay. And she added in a dull voice. But then it counts both ways. Mm. For we risk his killing us. Oh, dear. Which, to be clear, he's right fucking there. If yeah. they tried to flee immediately, yeah. he would simply kill them immediately. So, That's I mean, crazy. I think so. But. Yeah. Um. Yeah, vibe check. Yes. Yeah, he's, this is awful and terrifying, and we're still going, ugh, whenever he speaks. But, and, but also, I am vindicated. Raoul is debating her. And I said it. Yeah, no. said that Raul is a debater. He's the debate team captain. Yeah. Um, he loves to debate. Just a girl who does not want to debate. She's like, please, I would like to survive. And he's like, but what if we left right now? But I just, it's, we've been in this fandom for some time now. This, she's, okay, it's not horny to me when women are like abducted and frightened. Sure. We had a whole conversation about, do we like true crime before we recorded this? Yes. But when you get exposed to music of the night as a teen, yeah, it's different. It hits different. Yeah, no, and I mean, I maintain that the abridged version is a lot more intense. But even that they took this from, yeah, yeah. she's like drug. Man is just like, I'll kill you. Does he love you so much? Maybe he would commit murder for me. <laughs> but one can find out where he lives. One can go in search of him. Now that we know that Eric is not a ghost, one can speak to him and force him to answer. Raoul said, this bitch is on Google Earth, therefore. And Isis said, I hate this so much. Isis, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Baby. Christine shook her head. No, no. <laughs> there is nothing to be done with Eric. Right. Except to run away. Well... Then why, when you were able to run away, did you go back to him? Because I had to. Yes, yeah. And you will understand that when I tell you how I left him. Oh, I hate him, cried Raoul. And you, Christine, tell me, do you hate him too? No. Nope. Said Christine simply. Wow. No, of course not. Why, you love him. <gasps> your fear, your terror, all of that is just love and love of the most exquisite kind. Whoa. The kind which people do not admit even to themselves. What the said fuck? Said Raoul bitterly. Damn. The kind that gives you a thrill when you think of it. Uh, Picture ew. it. A man who lives in a palace underground. Oh my god. Just fuck him already, Raoul. <gasps> Damn. Raoul is every person on the internet who's like, I don't know why you fucking freaks like this demented and perverted story yeah. that is sick that I definitely hate and I don't like anything about it and it's not sexy and it's bad. Raul is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But also... I love that he's like, well, women have two modes. It's either <laughs> horny to the point of like detriment or hate. <laughs> love him. Yeah, he's like... I demand that you tell me you hate him right now. Like, right, right now. And, and she's, she's like, like mm. no. She just There's, says, Raoul said no nuance November. Then you want me to go back there? Said the young girl cruelly. Mm -hmm. Take care, Raoul. I have told you. I should never return. There was an appalling silence between the three of them. Three. The two who spoke and the shadow that listened behind them. Before answering that, said Raoul at last, speaking very slowly. I should like to know 
with what feeling he inspires you. <laughs> Since what? you do not hate him. I can't. I... Okay. With horror, she said. That is the terrible thing about it. He fills me with horror and I do not hate him. How can I hate him, Raoul? Think of Eric at my feet, in the house on the lake, underground. He accuses himself, he curses himself. He implores my forgiveness. He confesses his cheat. He loves me. He lays at my feet an immense and tragic love. He has carried me off for love. He has imprisoned me with him, underground, for love. But he respects me. He crawls, he moans, he weeps. And when I stood up, Raoul, and told him that I could only despise him if he did not then and there give me my liberty, he offered it. He offered to show me the mysterious road, only only he rose too. And I was made to remember that, though he was not an angel, nor a ghost, nor a genius, he remained the voice, for he sang, and I listened, and stayed. That night, we did not exchange another word. He sang me to sleep. Wow! When I woke up. Vibe check. What? This is crazy. That's all I got. <laughs> I was alone, lying on a sofa in a simply furnished little bedroom. A couch? With an ordinary mahogany bedstead, lit by a lamp, standing on the marble top of an old Louis-Philippe chest of drawers. I soon discovered that I was a prisoner. Uh-oh. And that the only outlet from my room led to a very comfortable bathroom. Wait. Returning to the bedroom, yeah. I saw on the chest of drawers... We gotta get into it. A bathroom fucking corner. <laughs> Here's the thing. In all fan fiction, I'm lying down. In all fan fiction, the girls have Rick, Rick has, yeah. in a, like a lovely, like this man has like the best bathroom you've ever seen. He's, it's it's uh architectural digest bathroom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's always an architectural digest bathroom. I am screaming that it's canon because I've just been seeing it. <laughs> In fan fiction, I was like, well, that's crazy that there's, like, indoor plumbing in this, like, lovely bathroom. (laughs) I also do respect, like, how many times have you, like, read a story where, like, I wonder, like, I don't know, how many times have I read a story where I'm like, huh, I wonder what the bathroom situation is. Like, the bathroom situation in the lair is a question. What I'm going to say here is women's stories matter. They just matter. Because famously, Ramona Quimby in Ramona the Pest stopped the whole first day of kindergarten to be like how did mike mulligan go to the bathroom he was in the steam shovel all day and miss binney who's a flop teacher was like i keep it moving yeah miss binney's a fucking flop and you can at me this is a great podcast but similarly to how ramona was like no 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 but bathroom I I do I do be thinking this every single time I engage with Especially, Phantom of the Opera. I've musical. seen yes, and I've he doesn't also seen her... discourse where they're like, oh. "Oh, he just shits in the lake." So I don't know. No! in the canon, I'm hearing okay. the bathroom. I'm sorry. No, Rick, Rick does a lot of things. We talked about this in another episode. The Phantom of the Opera. He, Rick does a lot of crimes. It's not grooming. Also, Rick does a lot of weird shit. It's not. But not shitting in the lake. <laughs> I've seen people say that. Camping AU, stop it. It's the oh. worst. was a note in red ink <laughs> which said, My dear Christine, you need have no concern as to your fate. Ooh. You have no better nor more respectful friend in the world 
than myself. Okay. You are alone at present mm. in this home, which is yours. Sure. Mm. I'm going out shopping to fetch you all the things that you can need. Okay, I'm let's so take bets. What is this man buying? What does he think <laughs> a woman needs? I'm going to say... A hundred tampons. Are like you Sally Ride? I was gonna say like the astronaut. They're like a hundred tampons is regular for one. That's regular for one cycle. A hundred tampons, and I'm gonna say maybe like a ladies' digest, and then he like might get her like crystal light. <laughs> like he's just gonna be like, that's fine, right? And she's gonna be like, okay, okay, but no, I need to eat something, and he's gonna be like, I didn't factor that in. We have. I'm so fucking sorry. So I know that this is like, they, I don't think they had menstrual products at the time. I'm going to a very Judy Bloom place when they had, have you seen pictures of what they had to do with like the belt and yes, stuff? In my mind, he somehow got that. But also he went shopping. You've seen Home Alone, right? Yes. They get home and it's like, so Catherine O'Hara, a legend and icon the moment, gets home, hugs him and they cry. Then the whole family comes crashing in. And in the background, you just hear Buzz going, shopping he he went shopping he doesn't know how to tie a shoe he went shopping rick knows how to tie a shoe sure but he went shopping what do you he also was, is he at the gap outlet <laughs> getting her sensible jeans what's going on here what size does he think christine no, is no okay he he's went, going bra shopping and he's like i don't oh know my how God. big her boobs are and the woman's like i'm trying my best here are they apples or are they grapefruits? <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to die. It, it's Target. It's the Paris yeah. Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All your needs. Target. <laughs> I felt sure that I had fallen into the hands of a madman. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I ran round my little apartment looking oh. for a way of escape, which I could not find. The room celebrated myself for my absurd superstition, a month now, which it caused me to fall into the trap. I felt inclined to laugh and to cry at the same time. Yeah. This was the state of mind in which Eric found me. Oh, no. uh -oh. After giving three taps on the wall, he walked in quietly through a door a which I had not noticed no. and which he left open. <laughs> he had his arms full of boxes and parcels oh, no. and arranged them on the bed in a leisurely fashion. Oh, what do you get? What do you get? That, pic that meme of the cat swatting things and he's like, fuck this. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck this thing in particular. That, to me, that's how Rick arranges things on the bed. Only... I like how he's, like, walked in on her, like, in a manic episode, too. So, like, this is not gonna yeah. go well. Also, if she was naked, what, the, what are the three taps doing? But okay. Right. While I overwhelmed him with abuse and called upon him to take off his mask. Yes, but He would uncover yeah. the face of an honest man. Mm. He replied serenely. You shall never see Eric's face. Foreshadowing. It is very interesting. And he reproached like, me. And, like, stay with me on this. Mm -hmm. I I think because I just, like, knew the story the whole time, for some reason the concept that, like, she's, like, oh, like, this is a guy who is, like, kind of wearing, like, a ski mask, a balaclava situation. <laughs> like, he's just covering his face, like, for identity purposes. Nothing it else occurs to her. It never occurred to me. I always, because I always knew why he was mm -hmm. wearing the mask. And so, like, every time she's like, oh, this man is just, like, a scoundrel wearing a mask, but, like, he's going to be Timothy Chalamet underneath. Yeah, maybe he's in, never witness, occurred to me. he's in witness protection, we don't know. Or he's like, yeah, just, like, 
or it's the, like a prince or something. You know, like there's like a lot of fun, sexy reasons he could be wearing. Like it's a, that never. It's a to weird me. performance art thing. Yeah. yeah. She never is considering the actual situation, whereas, like, I only consider the actual situation because I know how the story goes. I don't know. But this, okay, people who are like, I want a Leroux accurate adaptation can be annoying, but also correct, but also sometimes not annoying. I do want a scene of where she's having a breakdown, and he calmly walks in and is, like, batting packages across the bed, and she does Jennifer Love Hewitt, I know what you did last summer, screaming at him directly, and he's just like, Chill. I got you items. What items did he get? Can't wait. He got our Capri Sun. A hundred candles. And he reproached me with not having finished dressing at that time of day. She's He was good what? enough to tell me that it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, first of all. To music. She's just Sorry. like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> with the not real. being fully dressed at 3 p.m. But also, uh, so Rick, you had to wind her watch, so... Walk me through how she knows what time it is. Sure. This man. This Does she man. have a watch? No, he, yes, but he had to wind it for her. Oh. So it's like daylight savings time, but it's like Rick savings time. Yeah. Wound up my watch and set it for me. Oh. After which, he asked me to come to the dining room, where a nice lunch was waiting for us. Lunch? I was very angry. Slammed the door in his face and went also, to the bathroom. Also, not to be a fucking nerd. I but again. I don't think they had. Did they have lunch in 1906? I think it's a translation thing. Yeah, it's gotta be a translation situation because lunch was invented by like secretaries in the 20s. Shouts to secretaries. I just think it's funny how the minute you you did get very scholarly, Isis appeared and she hates it. Me. And it's not women supporting women. Isis. Isis. I went to an exhibit at the New York Public Library about lunches and uh, secretaries. Shouts to secretaries. Uh, secretaries were like, we're starving to death. And they were like, okay, that's like not our problem. And they were like, and then they petitioned for lunch. I'm gonna, okay, running it back. And he reproached me with not having finished dressing at that time of day. Because he's the worst. Mm -hmm. He was good enough to tell me that it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Good okay. He said he would give me half Could an hour. Anytime, and while he way. spoke, wound up my watch and set it for me. He gave her half an hour to get ready as a treat. Also, it could be any time. After which, he asked me to come to the dining room, where a nice lunch was waiting for us. The lean cuisine. Uh, I was very angry. Slammed the door in his face and a went to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. When I came out again, feeling greatly refreshed, Eric said that he loved me, but that he would never tell me so. What? Except when I allowed him. Okay. okay. Christine Baye is simply plagued with like she's just walking into rooms and men are being like i love you and she's like i can't keep doing this need to hydrate yeah and that the rest of the time would be devoted to music what do you mean by the rest of the time i asked exactly right five days what? he said with decision an what? itinerary i asked him if i should then be free and he said you will then be free christine or when those five days are past you will have learned not to see me and then, from time to time, you will come to see your poor Eric. What? This is me saying, Kara, you have to visit Portland again so that we can yeah. go to a different McMinimins. Hell yeah. It's the same. He pointed to a chair opposite him at a small table, and I sat down, feeling greatly perturbed. Mm -hmm. However, I ate a few prawns in the wing of a chicken, and I drank half a glass of Tokai 
which he had himself, he told me, brought from the Konigsberg cellars. I'm sorry, this man had shrimp cocktail? (laughs) Fresh? No, ready to go? Listen, if we know one thing about anyone who has any affiliation with the Paris Opera, it's that they have a shrimp cocktail locked and loaded. But where did he get it? No. How is he keeping it fresh? And also she had chicken wings? Okay, but here's the problem. Is this a buffalo wild? I think that... Yeah. (laughs) Franchise? (laughs) He's franchising? That's what he's spending his 20,000 francs on? Is a buffalo wild franchise at the bottom of the Paris Opera? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So in my mind, because sometimes I just regard things very literally, and so I think it's just... The way that the more accurate translation clarified that Raoul and Christine are not eating fucking flowers, although I maintain that they would. Yeah. With love. With love. The the snack situation, the ap- the, the happy hour appetizer situation, yeah. it does sound a little better in the other translations, although I can't remember what it is, but I have seen in my mind since age 13 when I read this, some, some shrimps on yeah. a plate with exactly one kfc chicken yes. wing and a glass of wine and i it's... was thinking one chinette dinner plate oh god with yeah. three lukewarm uh shrimps big shrimps and there's a little mar- a little fucking cocktail sauce we don't know if and then yeah. one yeah one like one of the twosie like the wing wings mm-hmm. not like a drumsticky wing that's it which is a weird combo. And they gl- used to combo like it? Yeah. And a glass of wine. She drank half a glass yeah. of wine. And he's like, I brought that myself from the, you know. Yeah. Eric did not eat or drink. I asked him what his nationality was. And if Eric did not point to his Scandinavian origin. He said that he had no name and no country. That's and that he had taken the name no of name. Eric by accident. Right. After lunch, he rose and gave me the tips of his fingers saying he would like to show me over his flat. But I snatched away my hand and gave a cry. What I had touched was cold and, at the same time, bony. And I remembered that his hands smelt of death. Oh, forgive me, he moaned. And he opened a door before me. This is my bedroom, if you care to see. Oh, no. It is rather curious. Okay. His manners, his words, his attitude. Gave me confidence. What? And I went in without hesitation. What, girl? I felt as if I were entering the room of a dead person. Yeah. yeah. The walls were all hung with black, but instead of the white trimmings, which usually set off that... She's like, oh, uh, my chemical romance, just big fan. Like, like, don't go in there. Are you high? Yeah, no. That's crazy. The vibes are off in 2023, so yeah. at this time... You want to see my room? No. Instead of the white trimmings, which usually set off that funereal upholstery, there was an enormous stave of music with the notes of the Dies Irae, many times repeated. In the middle of the room was a canopy, from which hung curtains of red, brocaded stuff. And under the canopy, an open coffin. Rick! Oh. That is where I sleep, said Eric. Okay, bestie. One has to get used to everything in life. Uh, Even to eternity. Oh boy, he really thought that was gonna pull. Here's my coffin bed. You have to get used to everything, even death. That is horrible, and I unfortunately in this day and age, it would work on some of us. Some of us. The sight upset me so much that I turned away my head. Yeah, same girl. Then I saw the keyboard of an organ, 
which filled one whole side of the wall. On the desk was a music book covered with red notes. I asked leave to look at it and read Don Juan Triumphant. Yes. Chekhov's Don Juan Triumphant. I compose sometimes. Oh. I began that work 20 years I've been, ago. I've seen this film before. When I have finished, I, didn't like the ending. I shall take it away with me in that coffin oh. and never wake up Rick. again. Rick. Just die. No. You must work at it as seldom as you can, I said. Right. He replied, I sometimes work at it for 14 days and nights together, during which I live on music only. And oh. then... I rest for years at a time. Baby girl, that might be like a disorder. <laughs> they didn't have the DSM. At that yeah. Time. What but is also, that in the DSM? That part in um, When Harry Met Sally, when he's like, I'm dark. I read, I pick up a book and I read the end so that if I die before I finish reading it, I know what happens. That's mm. dark. Uh, it's Rick. Yep. Will you play me something out of your Don Juan Triumphant? She's I asked. Trying to so please hard. him. Oh, you must never ask me that. Mm. He said in a gloomy oh. voice. I will play you Mozart, if you like, which what will only time? make you weep. Oh, my oh, God, baby. Jesus. She's like, please. One time, my roommate was talking to her coworker, and he was like, you have a dark soul. <laughs> I'm going to read you some of my poetry. No. And the fact that she survived that interaction is a testament to how she was able to, to game that system. So that's, I give Christine credit for doing the fake bullshit that you have to do to survive. But my Don Juan Christine burns. <laughs> hey. And yet he is not struck by fire from heaven. But, really? Thereupon we returned to the drawing room. Yeah. I noticed that there was no mirror in the whole apartment. I was going to remark Why upon this, but that? Eric had already sat down to the piano. Would, he why? said, you see, Christine, there is some music that is so terrible that it consumes all those who approach it. You mean like... Fortunately, Vincent? you have not come to that music yet. <laughs> Look at this photograph. you would lose all your pretty colouring. Okay. Nobody would know you. Okay. You see, Christine... You see. There is some music that is so terrible that it consumes all those who approach it. I'm not like the other girls. Fortunately, you have not come to that music yet. Or you would lose all your pretty colouring. And nobody would know you Drill when you rap. returned to Paris. <sighs> okay. Let us sing something from the opera, Christine Daye. Stop it. He spoke these last words as though he were flinging an insult at me. Okay. Oh, what did you do? I had no time to think about the meaning he put into his words. Next part, uh, not, not problematic at all, anyways. We at once began the duet in Otello, and already the hmm. catastrophe was upon us. I sang Desdemona with a despair, a terror, which I had never displayed before. As for him, his voice thundered forth his revengeful soul at every note. Love, jealousy, hatred burst out around us in harrowing cries. Eric's black mask made me think of the natural mask of the Moor of Venice. Cool. Okay. He was Otello himself. Mm. Suddenly, I felt a need to see beneath the mask. I wanted to know the face of the voice, and... With a movement which I was utterly unable to control, mm. swiftly my fingers tore away the mask. Oh, horror. 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 Yep. Christine stopped at the thought of the vision that had scared her, while the echoes of the night, which had repeated the name of Eric, now thrice, moaned the cry. Horror. 
Girl, you were there. Raoul and Christine, <laughs> clasping each other closely, raised their eyes to the stars that shone in a clear and peaceful sky. Raoul said, Strange, Christine, that this calm, soft night should be so full of plaintive sounds. One would think that it was sorrowing with us. He said, damn, what? That, damn that's crazy. <laughs> what do you think this noise is? There, There's a guy two feet away from you. Your clowns, Your Honor. Yeah. When you know the secret, Raoul, your ears like mine will be full of lamentations. She took Raoul's protecting hands in hers and, with a long shiver, continued. Okay. Yes. Mm. If I lived to be a hundred, I should always hear the superhuman cry of grief and rage which he uttered when the terrible sight appeared before my eyes. Oh. Raoul, you have seen death's heads when they have been dried and withered by the centuries, and perhaps... If you were not the victim of a nightmare, you saw his death's head at Perot, and then you saw Red Death stalking about at the last masked ball. You did. But all those death's heads were motionless, and their dumb horror was not alive. But imagine, if you can, Red Death's mask suddenly coming to life in order to express, with the four black holes of its eyes, its nose, and its mouth, the extreme anger, the mighty fury of a demon, and not... A ray of light from the sockets. For as I learned later, you cannot see his blazing eyes except in the dark. I fell back against the wall, and he came up to me, grinding his teeth. No. And as I fell upon <laughs> my knees, he hissed mad, incoherent words and curses at me. Leaning over me, he Looming. cried, Look, you want to see? See. Feast your eyes. Glut your soul on my accursed ugliness. Hell yeah. Look at Eric's face. Now you know the face of the voice. You were not content to hear me, huh? You wanted to know what I looked like. Oh, you women are so inquisitive. Well, are you satisfied? I'm a very good-looking fellow, huh? When a woman has seen me as you have, she belongs to me. <gasps> she loves me forever. Whoa, I... hold on. That man, this is not his first rodeo. So that is interesting. When when women have seen my face. Even in this version. You're locked in. When a woman has seen me, she loves me forever. You, and also, you women are such inquisitive things. He's um, really, he's got a podcast and he's talking about the females. What women, Rick? What women? Are the women in the room with us right now? They're not. Are they in the lake? We don't know. Hey, I'm a kind of Don Juan, you know. And drawing himself up to his full height, uh, with his hand on his hip, wagging the hideous thing that was his head on his uh, shoulders, he sassy. roared, Look at me! I am Don Juan triumphant! Uh, and when I turned away my head and begged for mercy, he drew it to him, brutally, twisting its dead fingers into my hair. Enough, enough, cried Raoul. I will kill him. In heaven's name, Christine, tell me where the dining room on the lake is. I must kill him. Oh, be quiet, Raoul, if you want to know. <laughs> yes, I want to know and why you went back. I must know. But in any case, I will kill him. Okay. Raoul, listen, listen. He dragged me by my hair. And then, and then it was too horrible. Well, what? Out with it, exclaimed Raoul fiercely. Settle Out with it, it, quick. Settle down. And he hissed at me. Ah, I frighten you, do I? I dare say. 
Perhaps you think that I have another mask, hey? And that this, this, my head, is a mask. Well, he roared. Tear it off as you did the other. Come, come along. I insist. Your hands. Your hands. Give me your hands. And he seized my hands and dug them into his awful face. He tore his flesh with my nails. Tore his terrible dead flesh with my nails. No, he shouted while his throat throbbed and panted like a furnace. No, that I am built up of death from head to foot and that it is a corpse that loves you and adores you and will never, never leave you. Whoa. I've just been watching Kara the whole time. We had to vibe check. And it's... It, wow. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. This is unfortunately an audio podcast, but my face, my jaw is yeah. dropped. Because we did discuss, I was like, God, like, what's the best way? Because... The whole time you've kind of been taking my word for it when yeah. I just interrupt and say, this was cut out of the version yeah. that almost everyone's read. But for this, I was like, I think that the important things Ooh. jump out more if you experience this version first. And also, all bangers. this man do be reading the hell out of this text. Yes. What a fucking banger. This man is really... Anyway, we had, we had to sit with that. No. I am not laughing now. Oh. I am crying. I am crying for you, Christine, who have torn off my mask and who therefore can never leave me again. As long as you thought me handsome, oh. you could have come back. Yeah. I know you would have come back. I don't know if that's true, babe. But now that you know my hideousness, you will run away for good. Or I shall keep you here. Why did you want to see me? Oh, mad Christine, who wanted to see me? When my own father never saw me, and when my mother, so as not to see me, made me a present of my first mask. He had let go of me at last, and was dragging himself about on the floor, uttering terrible sobs. And then he crawled away like a snake, went into his room, closed the door, and left me alone to my reflections. Presently, I heard the sound of the organ, and then I began to understand Eric's contemptuous phrase when he spoke about opera music. What I now heard was utterly different from what I had heard up to then. His Don Juan triumphant, for I had not a doubt but that he had rushed to his masterpiece to forget the horror of the moment, mm. seemed to me at first one long, awful, magnificent sob. But little by little... It expressed every emotion, every suffering of which mankind is capable. It intoxicated me, and I opened the door that separated us. Eric rose as I entered, but dared not turn in my direction. Eric, I cried, show me your face without fear. I swear that you are the most unhappy and sublime of men. And if ever again I shiver when I look at you, it will be because I am thinking of the splendor of your genius. Don't tell him that. <laughs> I had to pause. I was like, okay, Kara's reacting. She's building. <laughs> it's building. We got to pause. What? Wow. That's cinema. cinema. That is cinematic. The way she's like, nope, we're opening the door. He's not turning around. Ugh. Well, and it's so funny the girls. what different, like, 
literal exactly like this specific like literally crawling about slithering yeah. like a snake or like and there's there's things that are in like the 1925 version that are maybe not necessarily in other versions it's so interesting what uh-huh. specific moments the different adaptations pick but i know yeah i know what we were thinking of when he slithered yeah um and it was these you know cut broadway actors but scrambling around you had a really intense reaction to the digging her nails and the there's a um Leroy Delaware um which is a fic by Paper and Song Mm -hmm. and she digs her nails in Leroy style um into his face and he just has a permanent hole in his cheek for the rest of the story whoa permanent hole oh my god um and Eric turned round, for he believed me, and I also had faith in myself. He fell at my feet with words of love, with words of love in his dead mouth. And the music had ceased. He kissed the hem of my dress and did not see that I closed my eyes. What more can I tell you, dear? You know the tragedy. It went on for a fortnight, a fortnight during which I lied to him. My lies were as hideous as the monster who inspired them. But they were the price of my liberty. I burned his mask, and I managed so well that even when he was not singing, he tried to catch my eye like a dog sitting by its master. He was my faithful slave and paid me endless little attentions. Gradually, I gave him such confidence that he ventured to take me walking on the banks of the lake and to row me in the boat. On its leaden water. As a treat. Toward the end of my captivity, he let me out through the gates that closed the underground passages on the Rue Scribe. Here, a carriage awaited us and took us to the Bois. The night when we met you mm-hmm. was nearly fatal to me, In for he is terribly pool. jealous of you, and I had to tell him that you were soon going away. Then, at last, Eesh. after a fortnight of that horrible captivity, mm-hmm. during which I was filled with pity, enthusiasm, despair and horror by turns he believed me when i said i will come back and you went back christine groaned raoul yes dear Press. but i must tell you that it was not his frightful threats when setting me free that helped me to keep my word but the harrowing sob which he gave on the threshold of the tomb that sob attached me to the unfortunate man more than i myself suspected and saying goodbye to him. Poor Eric. Poor Eric. Christine, said Raoul, rising, you tell me that you love me, that you had recovered your liberty hardly a few hours before you returned to Eric. Remember the masked ball? Yes, and do you remember those hours which I passed with you, Raoul, to the great danger of both of us? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I doubted your love for me during those hours. Yes. Do you doubt it still, Raoul? Okay. Then know that each of my visits to Eric increased my horror of him. For each of those visits, instead of calming him as I hoped, made him mad with love. And I am so frightened. So frightened. You're frightened. But do you love me? Oh. If Eric were good-looking, would you love Jesus me? Oh, Christ. my God. She rose in her turn put her two trembling arms round the young man's neck and said, Oh, my betrothed of a day, Uh-oh. if I did not love you, I would not give you my lips. Oh, boy. Take them for the first time and the last. Hey. He kissed her lips. 
but the night that surrounded them was rent asunder. They fled as at the approach of a storm, and their eyes, filled with dread of Eric, showed them, before they disappeared, high up above them, an immense night bird that stared at them with his blazing eyes and seemed to cling to the strings of Apollo's lyre. Mm. Wow. And also, like, Rick heard that whole thing, so we were fucked. It's over. Right. I feel like we both clocked how he's like, tell, would you love me if he was hot? And she said, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't let you closed mouth kiss me right now. (laughs) Right. Not convinced. She, she do be sidestepping. She do be sidestepping. She's like, this is, you're missing the point. We did it, Joe. 